0: All right. You sure you want to do this?
1: <laughs> um, no. Yeah, all right. Let's do it. Okay.
0: Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Caps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today, we're going to talk about a movie called Threads, a documentary about clothing in the 90s.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
0: Or how about Threads, a detective movie where somebody has to follow the leads and, I guess, unravel the mystery. How would that be?
2: Probably more heartwarming, at least, even if it was a, a double homicide.
0: What we're going to talk about today is called Threads from 1984. If you want to go in completely blind, you're basically going to have to turn away now because I have to give a lot of warnings about this movie. Threads is, from what I understand, a made-for-TV movie. Yep. It is possibly the most British thing I have ever seen in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. It is very highly rated. IMDb has it at an even 8.0 with 11,000 reviews and... That's usually a pretty good mark. Eight and above is usually a very good movie. Metascore was 92 with over 250 reviews. Rotten Tomatoes. Now, the critics, are only 11, but it has a 100% approval rating. But audience, 2,700 people have gone back and left a review of this movie that is from 1984, and it has a 92% approval. Yeah. It's amazing. I
2: can believe that.
0: I'm, I kind of can't. I am (laughs) utterly shocked by this. I can't really get into why until we really start talking about the movie. It is good. Like, it's definitely well made. Mm -hmm. It, It definitely has a quality to it and a quality to it that doesn't always feel like made for TV movie. It feels like something more. They made this for at least on IMDb an estimated, I guess, four hundred thousand pounds. Right. But back in eighty four, but even still, that seems low budget for what we have here. I don't think that there's any actors you're going to recognize.
2: The, there's a woman from Blue Peter,
0: <laughs> which I haven't yeah. seen. So
2: like a kids show.
0: Your director is Mick Jackson, who I hadn't heard of. Writer was Barry Hines. His name comes at the beginning and the end.
2: I don't know who Barry Hines
0: is. But I've never heard of him before, but boy, was he all over threads, apparently. Before we discuss this movie, before you go to see this movie, I do feel that this is a movie that warrants whatever trigger warning you don't want to have. If you have trigger warnings, things that will really set you off, things that will really depress you or give you anxiety. That's this movie all throughout. This movie, here's what it's about. So here's your spoiler if you want to go in blind. This movie is about essentially nuclear war and nuclear holocaust and all the terrible things that are going to happen. So you're going to see death in almost every possible way that could be related to this and some that are kind of tangential. It is not a happy movie in any way right up to the very last second. Be of that if you really want to go into it. Is it really well made? Yes. The explosion scene and montage in particular is fantastic. It just works very well from a storytelling point of view, as well as just cinematically. The rest of it, though, not much story. It definitely has a much more documentary feel, almost so much so that in my notes, I went, oh, this feels so real. Yeah. <laughs> Down to some other things I'm going to get to as I go through it. But, wow, it's it's not an easy movie to get through. Yeah, I saw this when I was seven, man. Well, it's very informative, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, it's kind he, of surprising he, to me that this would have been it was on, on TV. It was
2: on TV, and my parents were just like, oh, yeah, Threads. It was on about maybe just after dinner, so it was on about seven or eight o'clock and uh see I thought this would be like a 9 o'clock yeah nah no, nah no, because no. there's
0: is it 9 o'clock where there's watershed the, yeah <laughs> ton all no, stuff can happen or, after at, least, this or point. at least
2: there is now well back in those days as well like in the UK in the 80s early 80s at maybe 10 or 11pm you had like an old vicar come on with his white collar uh, and like give his final prayer for the night then the television would switch itself off and be like right go to bed everyone the TV would stop the station would stop yeah They'd have an old vicar come on and say his little uh, little story for the night, and then the TV would just go off to test page.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had that as well, same time period, but it would not have been a vicar; it would have just been some sort of patriotic slide, okay, essentially right, yeah. with some sort of "this is the end of today's broadcast." Yeah, and then I don't know how long that would play, and then yeah. You'd have the test signal until the morning. Until
2: the morning, and then you'd wake up on a Saturday morning for your cartoons, and it would still be on, you'd be eating your cereal counting it down. (laughs) Uh, Billy Conley did a really good stand-up bit of uh, of that as well, like making fun of those guys at the end of the night, and how he'd really like to mess with people. (laughs) I'm I'm sure. But yeah, I watched Threads when I was seven, man, and going through it again, I was like, I must have watched this twice, because... I do kind of remember this. Bam! Here's the point where my parents sent me to bed because it's such a disturbing movie, man. That's kind of why I wanted to watch it. Did they send you to bed before it was over? Yes. Well, okay, that I totally understand, and I probably agree. And I think it probably because I didn't realize it was so long. It's almost a two-hour movie as well. Yes, Um, and and we need to talk about that because the first the first the first 40 I I think I wrote down the first 49 minutes. It's 49 minutes until the bomb drops. And it's <laughs> so, so British,
0: <laughs> right. oh, so, so much so. I think we need to get into the spoiler section yeah. because I think we're we're going to start ruining things soon. Threads, 1984. If you really want to watch it, if you really want to watch a movie about what could happen in a nuclear war or the fallout that happens afterwards, well, this is the one for you. It's marked in IMDb as being sci-fi drama, something else. It is
2: a documentary, though, definitely. It,
0: it feels like a faux documentary. It doesn't really feel like sci-fi to me. I wouldn't say sci-fi, yeah. It's certainly not a tag I would give it. it it's much more drama, and and that's what I would go with. But don't go into it thinking you're really going to fall in love with any of the characters. It's no. not that kind of thing. It is a documentary that will follow the lives of... Like two families, basically. And, and, and a whole bunch of other things as well. So... It's not that kind of movie. This is meant to be mostly informative.
2: And it's supposed to be, I think the bottom line is back in the day, because we're talking, this was 1984, it was like five years before the official end of the Cold War. I was scared, everyone was scared, and this was a movie to make people realize, like, don't push that button. Right. Because it's absolute madness and utter chaos that lies down that path. And I think it does a good job of that. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: does. With that, I think it's time we head into the spoiler section. To start off with, I will say I'm not sure how good of a Gaps movie this is to discuss because, my goodness, there are no Gaps. This movie fills in <laughs> any tiny little crack yeah. with everything.
2: Oh, Say, like, hey, you wondering what happens to that person? Like,
0: here you go. <laughs> Let's have some narration that will tell you exactly what's going on, or some text on the screen that's going to tell you what's going on and exactly where everything is located and the exact
2: day and time. And how many megatons and how, yeah. much, how many rads of radiation. I don't know. When I suggested this to you, I think it was for two reasons. One, I was filling in my own gap in my mind like, this movie really is depressing as what I remember it to be. The answer were, to that were, is were probably you, yes. Were you also trying to fill in the gap of, well, I never got to finish this as a kid, and now I can. And then the second gap is that a lot of people haven't seen this. And I think it's kind of... I think it still holds up pretty well today. It is dated, but...
0: It it's is, but in a way that I think works. It was the time when we were most likely to have this thing happen. Right. And I think a lot of the information regarding what would happen... Would still be true today. Because I
2: think there's a there's a pretty good American similar movie to this. I can't remember what it's called though. But it's all about it's it's kind of the same thing, but it's the American version. And
0: oh, there must have been
2: some sort of happy ending then. But there was, yeah, exactly. There was a happy ending. This is like <laughs> you're not gonna get that in this one. <laughs> no, you're not you're not gonna get that one here. Not even in the slightest. There's nothing <laughs> not, even, not even a little bit. For someone, there's a happy ending. No, no, no. But yeah, it's very dated. It was so funny watching this again. Watching like the, the old like electric milk floats going around and all the like the, <laughs> were they electric? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. okay. because they we they used to drive around at like three four o'clock in the morning, so they were all electric powered so that they didn't wake up people on the so streets. It'd be like golf cart kind of, yeah, thing. basically. Okay. The old, like the paper shops and things like that. Yeah, it was it was interesting to watch that again. But yeah, it's very very typical. But yeah, it's n- none of those are sets. <laughs> That's definitely the UK back in the eighties. Yeah. We're going to open with
0: some narration. The narrator is quite good. He is either overused or underused. I'm not exactly sure in this <laughs> one. He just seems to come out of nowhere at times. It's like they watched their finished product and went, well, we're not really sure people are getting it. We'll just throw him in here. <laughs> it's not like he was there for every day or every segment. Right. He just, at random, hello, I'm back again and I'm the narrator. And here's something else that's tragic. Like, that's basically what I got out of it. When we started off with him, I thought we were going to have him throughout. And the way he's just so
2: intermittent is kind of weird. Yeah, he comes in and out. And he's really, yeah, like the old school kind of BBC documentary guy. He probably was somebody they had in-house, right? Yeah. And he kind of reminds me of, like, the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy narration. (laughs) A little bit. And who knows? He could have he might, been one of them. Might be the same guy. One of
0: the four thousand versions yeah. that they've put out. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna open with a stock footage of a spider weaving a web, and basically, right from the first second, they're trying to tell us why the movie is called Threads, yeah. and it's because all the links in society are connected, and once you take one apart, they all start to fall apart. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like for for a number of reasons. One, they're trying to make us get the impression that a spider web which seems so fragile that our world is like that but the thing is spider webs are designed to be torn apart insects can come in totally mess up huge sections of the spider web it will still remain it's designed to handle all those kind of
2: problems right it's only wimpy to us because we're so much bigger and can walk through it yeah nasa's actually uh trying to work out a way to mass-produce spider silk so that they can build tension cables that'll take, like, space elevators and stuff like that, so... Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing. (laughs) Spider silk is incredibly strong as it is, as a substance.
0: Here's the other problem, though. What they're trying to say here is that if you break down one element, then the rest falls apart. That would be great if that's what this movie was about. Mm. But this movie's about everything going wrong all at once. Like, absolutely... Everything goes wrong. It's not one tiny thread we're pulling apart. We're just totally knocking out the whole society. Yeah, you're knocking out
2: all of Sheffield in one go. It's like, yeah, it's not a thread, man. That's like... (laughs) So weird. That's the whole jumper. (laughs) Which would have been a much better analogy, I think. If you... Start pulling. I mean, they do that like three quarters of the way through the movie, where they're pulling apart like sweat, old sweaters and stuff to to take the threads out of them, so that they I guess so that they can make new sweaters. I don't That's know. I, guess, I don't yeah. know why they're. I think maybe it was rugs or something they were pulling apart. I get that, like or like just from the thing we did with City of Lost Children, where the where it's like jumper gets totally pulled apart. But yeah, the spider thing is just like it's not a good analogy. No, and I don't really see the need to be like. And it's not even like the credits roll and then we get a spider's web. It's like two seconds in, there's not even been a title on the screen. And like, oh, this is why the movie called Threats. Like, do you understand this? (laughs) Settle down, (laughs) Barry Hines. Give me a chance. Yeah, give me a chance, Barry. We haven't even seen your name yet. Yeah. (laughs) One of the
0: two, at least, times we're going to see your name. We start on a shot of Sheffield overlooking the factories. Beautiful Sheffield. (laughs) (laughs) It's March 5th. Saturday, March 5th. And then we are looking at a car, at an overlook, which I guess is looking down over the factories, and there's a couple in the car, and they look on as a jet passes by, even though the jet has no reason to be there, I guess to imply that war is on or something. Jimmy is like, he's turning the radio because it's time for the football scores. Mm -hmm. Ruth, his girlfriend, gets upset with him, and then he makes a pass at her, and she gets more upset, so he walks out and brings back some weedy flowers and saying that they're lucky and then uh, weird like, how about if I get lucky? And then clearly (laughs) it it must happen because that's going to lead to all the rest of their sad, sad story. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, May 5th, there's a lot of, we get a lot of news coverage throughout the whole thing.
2: Yeah, and always in the background, like, people are like, oh, let's listen to I switch it off, you know, it's like little clips of news. They're talking
0: about Soviets in Iran, and they're at the pub. We find out that Ruth is pregnant, and Jimmy doesn't seem very happy about it. Sunday, May 8th, we're at a newsstand, which I don't think is related to anybody else. It's just this woman and her daughter, right? The one with the headphones? Yeah. And we only see them a couple times, I think. It's just very random. It's just so that we can see the news article headline, Yeah, I guess. Why... I couldn't figure this out. Why is she writing numbers in the top?
2: Is she writing a price at the top? Yeah, like it's, it'll be for a paper round, so it might be the address of the. There'll be the numbers of the houses on the street, uh, or it might be the price of the price of the paper should be printed on. No, I think it, was, it would be. It would, it, it would have been the street name or the uh, the, the house numbers. For, okay,
0: for the this pa- is not paper. a custom I'm used to. <laughs> I used to deliver papers, and you, with me, I just had to learn the route, and mm. I had to know where all of them were. So. When she's writing the numbers on there, like, is it because this edition is late or something? This is late in the day and it gets discounted? I couldn't hear uh, why she was writing it on
2: there. Oh, just because maybe
0: different papers to different houses. Or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. something that's lost to time now. I yeah, think.
2: definitely lost to time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have one of the most uncomfortable yet very real feeling dinners at Jimmy's house. <laughs> the parents are the
2: dad coming in with his pink apron on (laughs) (laughs) what what the hell is that man his
0: uh, his family is just too real yeah the parents and jimmy are sitting there eating parents are complaining that jimmy wasn't careful jimmy's like well it's not my problem and the mom's like "Eh, well you gotta take some responsibility here and the younger brother and sister are just trying to hear in, even though the parents don't want them to. It's like, well, then don't have the discussion here. Yeah, in... at the dinner table in the living room. Yeah. yeah. Why are the other two kids not getting to eat now? Is there not enough room? Do they have to eat later? Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, the sister's very nosy. Michael is there playing some old Vision game, yeah. which I had no idea what it was. It looked like a blob trying to eat his character. But there you have it. We now go to <laughs> some text where it talks about Sheffield, the fourth largest city in Britain, population 545,000. But how the mighty have fallen because I looked it up. They're now sixth with only 818,000.
1: Oh, Not really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So a couple of others
2: must have passed them by. Mm. Well, they do cover that in the movie as well. Like Sheffield, a lot of the industry shut down. So I guess a lot of the people moved out. Well, their main industries,
0: as the movie told me, were engineering, chemicals, and
2: steel. Yeah, it was a big steel. It was a big steel place. And uh, I think Portis it from there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's probably one of their better exports.
0: It's one of their main industries now, I suppose. Wednesday, May 11th. Ruth's family waits for Jeremy's to show up. Their family feels slightly better. More well to do. I mean, everything doesn't feel cramped as it does in the other yeah. place.
2: Yeah, they got the, the, the nice bay windows and stuff like that. They, yeah, they, they seem more upper class than Jimmy's family, at least.
0: The parents tend to speak well, but it it doesn't look like they're very high class, though, right? No, no. They'd be, no they'd they be. still have a
2: very normal looking house. Yeah, and very typical house. Like that, 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 that house <laughs> where the front door leads right onto the stairs and goes up. When you saw that in Harry Potter, that wasn't just something that they put in for Harry Potter to live under. No, that's... That is the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the front door
0: and the stairs. The stairs. <laughs> yeah. And the stairs take up almost as much of the whole kind of corridor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't have to squeeze by the stairs to get into the living room. Yeah. I was just laughing about that because, yeah, that
2: was so genuine. They... Must have just rented out this house or something. Definitely. It's probably some one of the actors' houses or some, one of the actors' mums and dad's house.
0: Maybe that's how they kept the budget down. Yep. The news is talking about a missing U.S. submarine. It's really not. It never comes up again, really, does it? Uh, I think they do mention it one more time in a news article. But here's the thing, and I don't want to spend too much time in the news articles. They're there to give you the looming foreshadowing that something bad is going to happen. And that it doesn't just happen out of nothing, but all these different steps right? So in this case, in the 80s, as we know, looking at a lot of 80s movies, you know, the Soviet Union was the baddies for quite a lot of our TV, our film. And here, again, this was a long time ago, but that was the day, right? That was the age that this was made in. And so it's talking about things that I don't think happened, but My sense of history is not the best. I'm not a history person. And even though, you know, I was alive in those days, I was a kid. I don't really know a lot there. So I don't know if any of this was based on real things that happened.
2: Oh, like the whole Iran stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of that was real. I think there was definitely a lot of tensions in Iran around the 80s. I I know there were, but I don't know
0: if it had anything to do with the Soviet Union or invading at the time, because that's what it made it sound like.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure either.
0: So apologies, listeners. I'm not good at history, (laughs) and I'm just going to put that out there. And I didn't go look it up. To me, the new stuff was all building up as plausible stuff that definitely could happen whether it did whether it didn't i don't think really matters the stuff is plausible and thus things that could lead to the kind of war that everybody feared at the time right so i'm not going to go over it too much just know throughout the entire movie up until the explosion you get news all the time yeah
2: the, the one thing that I thought was unfortunate was, like, you don't, or at least I missed it, but for all this build-up and build-up and build-up and tension about this looming war, you never actually, or at least I didn't pick up on the exact trigger. And maybe that's kind of the point, is that it was just the straw that broke the camel's back that led to this. But it, there didn't seem to be some huge, oh, you did this, we're going to start launching nukes. I didn't hear that part.
0: I'm not sure what the final one
2: was, but
0: there is a point where, you know, it says that a nuclear missile was launched, and that obviously is what leads to everything else, but as far as what caused that actual missile to be launched, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Thursday, May 12th, Jimmy and Ruth are looking at a home to buy. We get a clip of Headphone Girl as she's doing her French homework for some reason. Just daily life? The narrator comes in and explains... (laughs) Because we wouldn't know otherwise, this whole contingency plan about having local governments take over if something happens to the national government, or if the national government decides to do this. It was very kind of weird, but it was one of those times where it just felt so forced. Here's something that could happen, and it happens like two seconds
2: later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now, it, it is ridiculous, uh, like, the whole contingency plan that they've got. And I, as far as I know, that I googled some stuff about threads after that to see how real it was. Supposedly, these were the measures that were in place. It's almost as bad as the whole duck and cover thing, you know? It's right. Like, this is, oh, no, this is, like, zero protection. Like, who are you fooling? But that definitely was the impression that I
0: got, was it was in the movie because it was possible. Yeah. So we're going to see... <laughs> it's interesting. He he's like a chief peace officer, but in time of war, he'll become the chief war officer. Right. <laughs> and that is, I had to look it up. Mr. Sutton. So right. Sutton is kind of in charge and boy, does he take charge. Like he, <laughs> he seems like a type of person I would want to have this position mm-hmm. because the second he gets that envelope, this top secret, he immediately starts contacting everyone. I need to talk to everyone. I need to get. An idea of what we're dealing with now, and I was pretty impressed with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, he, he doesn't just like shrug it off as oh, it's just a drill. He's like takes it very, very seriously, and, and, le- and leaves his wife behind as well. Like they do all. a lot with that actually with him. Where it's so funny
0: in the U.S. if this was made in the U.S., there'd be so much drama behind <laughs> that. And they just do these very subtle things where she just packs his. his he, he's looking. Bag. He's looking at her picture. And then they're just having this little discussion of her going, well, you don't have to do this position. I'm going, well, somebody has to. You didn't complain when I took the (laughs) (laughs) courses. No heated argument, just a bit of very light bickering, perhaps. And that's about it. And give me my suitcase and I'm going to go. Even when later he wants to know if his wife is dead, he's basically just pointing on a map and saying, what
2: about this area? Oh, and the guy, the, the guy that he's talking to is like, "Oh man, that's that's totally trash that right. place."
0: <laughs> and it just kind of quick shot to the picture of his wife. No drama. Yeah, that's thing. it. <laughs> I love it. I love the way that that is done. But boy, is that not the way that we <laughs> would we do that scene. We're going to see Jimmy's mother, I think it's Jimmy's mother, in an overfilled shop. Just tons of people start to panic buying. Which is, we, yeah,
2: the panic buying, which is a bit too close to the nerve today. Yeah, so
0: we know that this likely would happen. Yes. And then there's the whole, I can't remember if it's this scene or a later one, where people are complaining, oh, well, that was 26p that's last day, week, and now it's 40p <laughs> this week. And he's like, well, don't buy it then. And oh, no, that's when everything goes bad. And so... Everybody's just running out of the shops but with the, their trolleys the, full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're complaining about 14p, and you're now lost. what well, everything basically. Yeah. Uh, we we're gonna cut to Thursday, May 19th. We're gonna find out the supplies aren't what the war officer, Mister Sutton, mm-hmm. had hoped for. But that's pretty much gonna be his role and his group's role for the rest of the movie is just to know how we don't have enough. Well, for right? as long as
2: they're alive.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Jimmy goes to some sort of weird gardening co-op. It's just kind of weird to me because it's not something that I would have had in my
2: area. Not something I I would have had in mine either. It's like, I don't even know why that scene is in there, to be honest. I mean, it kind of makes sense maybe when later on they're like, every scrap of farming land is needed for food and stuff like that. So they're kind of commandeering everything. It almost
0: seems like he's just here so we can see another stock footage of military jet takeoff. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And for him to to set up the fact that he's going to go down to the pub, I right, guess. Yeah, <laughs> we get some text about RAF fittingly, I think. Yeah, likely to house US Phantom jets. It's five miles from Doncaster,
2: which I <laughs> don't know Doesn't why we know anything. Need, to, in but... this
0: movie, why? Why do we need to know that?
2: But it's seventeen miles from Sheffield. Yeah, I mean Doncaster was another big industry town. And it's probably there more for the British audience just to like, this is near you. You know, you can feel I, special too, Doncaster. Don't worry, we're not leaving you out. I guess so. I had the opposite reaction
0: when I was watching that going, well, don't people know where it is? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't know where every place is in the UK, but I would expect that people who live there would know. But yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there's an RF base down the road. <laughs> I think your point is quite good. It's to say it could be you. Yeah, Maybe that's why they had all the people leaving for all those different areas as well well, all these people, you feel connected because these people are trying to get to where you are as yeah. well. I don't know. It, what, it, I it, mean, hopefully important. it worked
2: out for that family that was paranoid enough to pack up everything and leave. Yeah, well, our guess would be no. Yeah. I mean, nobody has a happy ending in this movie. <laughs> so but We don't see them again, so maybe that's a good thing.
0: <laughs>
2: maybe it's close closest you have. <laughs> yeah, to a happy ending. Yeah. Remember those three guys and their dog that escaped? Jimmy's down at the pub. His
0: mate, who we'll find later, is called Bob, is checking out some ladies at the end of the table. The guy behind the bar changes the news because it's depressing news and everybody stops chatting and having a good time. But they all complain, so he turns it back. And then Bob's like, oh, let's go chat up the ladies. This could be our last chance. It's going to be yours anyway, since you're going to be a single guy. So, Jimmy, we're going to see... In the backseat of a car with steamy windows with one of those ladies. Mm -hmm. So we know he's not the nicest guy. Yep. And also, (laughs) we don't actually see military trucks. We see a ton of headlights reflected on the glass. And so I guess we're meant to think that it's military.
1: I'm assuming. Right.
0: And they look kind of shocked. Saturday, May 21st, we see protests against the nuclear war. Britain wants to be cautious. But... On the next day, Sunday, May 22nd, there's still protests, but now there are people protesting the protest, saying you're being too wimpy, and if they do it to us, we should do it to them, which was a lot of the rhetoric and propaganda in the day. Yeah. At noon, so obviously, this is what the movie does, where it goes from broader time, like March to May to June, it's going to get tighter and tighter until everything drops, and then it's going to get further and further apart after it drops so we get very tight here where it's noon the oh this is what it was there is a u.s ultimatum expires now we don't know i don't think what the u.s ultimatum was but whatever it was it expires at one o'clock oh
2: yeah it was for troops to back out of somewhere that's what
0: it was yeah at one o'clock there's a b-52 strike on a base and the russians defend with nuclear attacks Most of the B52s are destroyed. And at two o'clock, nuclear retaliation from the US. So there it is. So that's the impetus that happened. News report that we don't really need, but is going over the panic buying, people raising prices. We see a boy reporting attacks and shoppers like stealing groceries. We cut to Tuesday, May 24th. People are trying to leave town. The government is taking over supplies. We get news of a U.S. carrier being sunk. And the U.S. blocks Cuba. The Soviet consulates in the U.S. are being attacked. And there's riots in East Germany. The world is turning into chaos. Mm-hmm. And Bill, who is Jimmy's father, watches on as people are trying to leave. And there's a whole thing about that family not wanting to wait for the dog, but they have to wait for the dog. Yeah. And all that business again it's too real like in a real movie we wouldn't bother with all this business but this feels documentary style right it's like too real we're also going to see a ton of things like hospitals being cleared out for emergency people coming in that's right petrol stations will be closed (laughs) we get texts talking about potential subversives being arrested
2: yeah they arrested just in case that woman from the protest earlier on as well yeah
0: and from now on, the key points are guarded. So now Wednesday, May 25th, Mrs. Sutton, this is where you're talking about before. She's packing his suitcase. It's very weird because it's in his office. I don't know why she's packing his suitcase yeah. in the office, but he does. And he throws in her picture and like the family picture mm-hmm. as well to take with him. This is where the protests are being shut down. Art is being removed from the wall for safekeeping. Yeah,
2: which I wonder if that's true. Like, I wonder if they. If I is... think
0: it might be now because I think that so much was lost during previous wars right. that I think that in times like this, it that's, would be likely put it down into some sort of secure basement,
2: like down into a vault somewhere. Yeah, everything underground.
0: Sutton arrives at this little basement area, which is going to be their headquarters, and only half of the people have shown up. Our info officer Steve is explaining why everybody's late. Sounds like I don't care. Just get them
2: here. His car broke down. <laughs> yeah,
0: Jimmy and Ruth are working on removing wallpaper, and she cries at ten thirty p.m. Fire trucks head out for safety. Thursday, May twenty-sixth. Instances for dealing with dead bodies is on the news. Mm. Don't bother about burying them yet, but you should wrap them up
2: for the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put them in a plastic bag. Or if you don't
0: have a plastic bag, then paper or cloth. uh, Ruth Ruth has some morning sickness and the phones are already now disconnected. Emergency officers in the headquarters are all stressed out. And that's pretty much how we'll see them from now until the end. And I think they want to make it seem as though they get more stressed out. But I mean, I guess they do, but they just seem to lose more clothes and smoke more. Like they don't, (laughs) they seem pretty stressed out from day 1 from yeah. as soon as we I love see
2: them. how they run out of provisions before they run out of cigarettes.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't happen really, right? Unless they had that many cigarettes. They
2: must have like taken in by the thousands, man, like 10,000 cartons of cigarettes, especially the way they're smoking. Yeah, yeah. Non stop. Yeah. They worried about nuclear fallout, I'd be more worried about lung cancer in that room, man. It's just full of secondhand smoke.
0: Well, as well. Other smoke that comes in through the vents and things like that. I mean,
2: when the vents are coming in with like all the kind of fallout pollution, it's like, yeah, so what? You're gonna you're gonna get lung cancer anyway.
0: But in talking about that, Jimmy's family is doing this fallout preparation where they're yeah. like taking mattresses and doors into the, into the kitchen for some reason to create a lean-to shelter, which I guess saves the parents sort of. Yeah, they don't they don't really. board
2: up the window behind them. Right, <laughs> like, they board up the door that leads into another room like just, i don't know it didn't seem proper to me like no no no, that's the but
0: outside of your house i think that that's very real these are probably the things that people were being told yeah, to do, yeah, yeah, yeah and this movie is saying well it's not enough
1: yeah yeah uh,
0: as well as you know maybe that was part of the message as well was be more prepared than what they're telling you mm. you need to be prepared things like water yeah. it's like nobody had any stored water. It's like, well, that's, that's pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to cut down to very specifics here. We're looking at the headquarters when the siren comes in and everything turns to chaos. At 8.35, many electrical systems go out because of the explosion. Communications is just completely damaged. 8.37, there's a missile that hits a NATO target. Blast is very big and bright. Sheffield, basically, you can see it. Yeah. Right. In the movie, we get to see it. Everybody's looking on. It's just absolutely horrific. Yeah. We have a a woman who wets herself. We see people just crying and hiding. Jimmy and his friend jump under a truck. Yeah. It's just chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is for me, the best scene in the whole film. It's just really done well. The way it cuts to everything. It's not overly dramatized like a lot of. The disaster movies that mm. we have from, I guess, "quote unquote" Hollywood, right? Where in that moment people would find safety at the last moment. You know, the explosion would be coming their way, and they get just inside the door just in time. And they like leave the door
2: open so the dog can jump in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it always
0: a dog. <laughs> Independence Day. Don't give me
2: that dog. <laughs> but no, this part, this was the this was one of my main memories from this movie as a kid, and it's something that was it wasn't the charred and dead bodies. That, that did give me nightmares. Oh, see, I was here.
0: at this point, as soon as the bomb dropped, your parents were like, all right, bed.
2: They, they, they should have. <laughs> but what really messed me up for some reason was like, and it's painted into my mind, is the melting milk bottles. Because I was like, how does glass melt? That scared me for some reason. Like, wow, that's so hot. <laughs> but that, when like the milk bottles melt, I totally remember that part. And I remember thinking like... My God, that's like going into a furnace. How hot is it? And uh, yeah, that that part really screwed me up for some reason. Uh, but yeah, the later on parts were like yeah, although when when they go back outside and see all the kind of charred bodies and stuff like that that was I think that was when my parents
1: were like, okay, I think you need to go to bed.
0: <laughs> and there's a lot of them, and yeah. boy, does it look good. I I mean, not not good in a it just looks good in a special effects way. Like yeah. the makeup and the dead bodies that they created look fantastic. They look too
2: real yeah yeah and that's the last we see of jimmy we never see him again he's gone uh, and that's he was trying to get to ruth and then yeah we and that's, don't that's know. it and it's like the old hollywood kind of uh well if you didn't see him die he's not dead so the whole thing i'm, I'm i was waiting for jimmy I'm trained to appear. for this you know now like jimmy's coming back when's he gonna pop up he doesn't but bob comes back <laughs> yes but jimmy doesn't jimmy never surfaces again and it's like yep you're done that yeah, the bomb hits. So so we get Ruth's family all piling down into the basement, and then we get Jimmy's family all piling into the kitchen, and then basically the explosion comes through their kitchen window, and she gets half of her face burnt off. And yeah. Also, it wasn't so much the charred boys, it was like the nuclear, like the fallout poisoning, where they're all like puking and stuff like that. That messed me up as a kid as well. I didn't I didn't like the the fact that I didn't like, and I remember asking my dad like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Radiation poisoning," and I was like, "Oh my." God, what's that? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's like, oh, if you don't get killed in the blast, then you get killed from radiation. Like, what does it do? And like, oh, it like, gives every part of your body cancer and you slowly die. It's like, oh. <laughs> okay. Is this is a lot for a seven year old to take in.
0: It is, I'm sure. I think it's a lot for even an adult to take in. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to go through kind of day by day at this no. point. I wanted to. Display the intense amount of setup they took, like 52 minutes, nearly half of this movie, to get to the point where we're here. Yeah, in a way that, for some, I'm not really sure they really needed to see everything, or we needed it to be that detailed. But I think they were trying to give you an idea of what are these people's normal life like, what would their life be like leading into uncertain times, and you know, what kind of measures were they being told to do? Because you had, I think Billy's father was taking, or Jimmy's father was taking the door off the hinges, the hinges, because that's what he was told to do. Right. And it's also why Jimmy at the joinery would, where they had wood supplies, they were having to fight to not sell the wood supplies or not give them away because everybody was desperate to make a kind of shelter. This is what they were trying to do but i think nobody was adequately prepared to know what to do i think the basement seemed like one of the best options mm-hmm. but even then
2: their rations were incredibly limited yeah and they they just weren't prepared i mean and that's the thing it's like how prepared would you be if something happened, even in today's modern age? Well, fact, I certainly wouldn't be. I mean, I, 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 I'd be all right. But I mean, if the power went out, I wouldn't. I mean, my freezer's stacked to the brim. But if I lost electricity for a day, it would all be melted and gone. So, yeah, how, how, mu- how much food would you actually have? Probably, I mean, at, at one point, they're rationing out tins of beans by the spoonful in the basement.
1: Yes.
0: I think what might be easier to do at this point is to follow some of the storylines, through instead of day by day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I've written it down. So let's talk about
0: say. the basement. We've got the parents who are pleading with Ruth to one, to ration her water and then also pleading for her to eat because at one point she doesn't want to eat anymore. We have the grandmother who's obviously very infirm and she messes the bed and then she also ends up dying. They have to take her upstairs. That's when Ruth runs away. Her parents will return to the basement and survive for a while. Some looters, I guess, kill them. We're given that impression, but we don't know if they I were I
2: didn't not. think that they did. I thought that they... I think even the soldiers that catch them and, well, they shoot one of the looters, I think even they, the soldiers go down, there. Like, there's two dead in the basement, but they've been dead for a long time.
0: See, I wasn't sure if they said they'd been dead for a long time or if they said that his head had been bashed in or something. Mm-hmm. I, I,
2: either way... Maybe the wife tried to kill him. <laughs> Over those beans. Yeah, they turned the beans to the head.
0: But yeah, it was pretty much, that was it. One of the scenes for them that really hit home to me was they have been in the basement so long that they're looking at the clock going, it's two, is it two
2: in the morning or two at night? And he's right. like, I'm <laughs> not really sure. I think it's night. Yeah. Well, one thing that I would say as well is that if you are watching this, if you somehow find a place to watch this movie today, because I don't know where you would find it, uh, it's not on Netflix, that's for sure. But yeah, the, a- the Sheffield accent is not easy. <laughs> to, there's some, even for me as a guy from the UK, some parts where I'm like, wow, that's really thick. I can understand it, but it's like, that's pretty thick. I don't think some like, a lot of maybe foreigner people who are outside of the UK, like non-native speakers would have a really tough time with this. And maybe even Americans, I don't know if you picked up on everything, but they've got a lot of outs and outs and weird I didn't seem to have too much trouble right. with this
0: part, but when the language gets oh, altered... Towards the end. Towards yeah, the end, yeah. But I think that that was the point. That was the point, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, these guys, just tragic. Bill and his wife, so Jimmy's parents, they're in really bad shape. They take the brunt of it, yeah. The mom in particular. Michael was hanging out with the birds. He's probably dead. They do find his shoe. The daughter, we have no idea where she is. Yeah. And Bill is, even at one point, he's trying to get water for his wife. But he's so stupid about it. Like, he turns on the water, checks that it's water, and then gets out a colander.
2: (laughs) No, I was like,
1: what? What are you
0: doing? And then he takes off wandering with a teapot, and he finds, I think, some irradiated water. He tries to drink it, and he can't.
2: Yeah, or maybe it's
0: just really filthy.
2: Uh, yeah, that was quite funny. In it, no, not funny. Just uh, just uh, tragic. Whenever I say funny, I don't mean funny. <laughs> but you'll laugh when I tell you what happened. So when I was watching that last night, one thing I'll say about this is the acting, right? Just to because this is a good transition point for the whole movie. The first part to me was so British and it was so Coronation Street for me, but, and I didn't like the acting, but. Man, they can be miserable. <laughs> like the British are really good at being miserable. And the acting changes. Like there's, it's almost like a switch that goes off where it's like, okay, you've done your, your normal everyday English life. Now we want you to be like really miserable and in pain and suffering. And they're like, yeah, man, I can do that. But when he did that and he spat it out, I honestly, I'm going to put my, uh, my hand up and swear. I actually, I was having a drink or something, and I spat out my drink, watching him spit it out. Because I was like, "Oh no, that's, that's good. D- don't drink that!" And then I spat out my own drink, and I had to go and get a tissue. <laughs> I wiped myself all down, all down my t-shirt. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I mean, that's how good that part was. Was uh, I actually physically had a reaction to it? <laughs> it was late, uh, but yeah,
0: his wife is gonna die. He is going to wander off. He never goes back. Like, he just leaves her. But I think he doesn't leave her, I think, until she's actually dead. Ah, okay. okay, that would At sense. least that's my supposition. I thought it was
2: a way to get water. Yeah, so he goes away with I, the, the pot. And yeah,
0: but I think the very next time we see her, she's already dead. So yes. I'm assuming that... By the time he's able to make it
2: back... Even with, back from the kitchen, maybe she was already dead. Because she does kind of roll over and like start puking again. And that's one thing. He's hes obviously got severe radiation poisoning. Yeah, his pillow is covered in blood but, as
0: well. Yeah. yeah, It's not good. He ends up trading smokes for, for... For a
2: bottle of, of whiskey. Scotch, I think, yeah. yeah.
0: And, yeah, that's pretty much the end for him. We get a yeah, his first, sad black-and-white photo.
2: Yeah, his first swing of the whiskey, he just, like, pukes it everywhere spits it out. He's like, good trade. But yeah, he's done, and then yeah, he's die- He dies, and that's it. That's Jimmy dies to the sound of Michael's ColecoVision game. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so that whole family is wiped out, and that's that's all of them, right?
0: Die. Headquarters just progressively gets worse. We get a lot of information from headquarters. Probably for me, one of the best sections of the whole thing because it feels the most, I don't know, real and impactful. This group should have been the most set and prepared and even they are in dire straits running out of food running out of smokes running out of everything they've had to close off the fresh air ventilators at least for a while because of all the smoke coming in
2: one of the guys is already dead from the blast
0: and then immediately like almost immediately after that they go oh bring me another bin liner because somebody else has died as well yeah and they're buried in they can't get out and they keep saying, when are we gonna get out? When are we gonna get out? It's obviously getting hot in there as like clothes start coming off, all mm-hmm. the men are in their undershirts now. It just builds to such disaster. And everybody just even at their worst, it really just feels like they're bickering. This feels a bit like the House of Commons, right? right. <laughs> there there's no fist fighting, there's no real kind of grandiose. Oh, I'm better than you, da-da-da. There's none of that kind of drama going on. It's just everybody is miserable and everybody's trying. Yeah. And that, that's what we get. <clears throat> and it's going to lead up to the end part where they're all just dead, found dead by the time the soldiers finally are able to dig them out. But it's also this part where they have to make the tough decisions, where they're saying we have to ration out workers get a thousand calories. Mm. People who aren't working get 500 and they're saying, what? what is 500 calories? I don't know, a couple slices of bread? Mm, some soup? Yeah. <laughs> like, how can we expect people to live like this? Well, how can we survive otherwise? Do we give food to this whole region? Do we help this whole region? No, they're pretty much dead already. We have to focus on the ones who can survive.
2: Yeah, yeah that's pretty
0: brutal. And that that to me is, like, I think the other stuff is very impactful in the way that you see it. And it, you can kind of interact personally to it but seeing the kind of decisions that would have to be made this is where i really was just kind of my jaw dropped going oh that's all like when i heard the 500 calories that's that's nothing yeah
2: that is is like yeah two slices of toast uh yeah uh, a day and that's it that will be the choices that you'd have to make not like just let them die they're already dead what's the point in feeding them jesus oh yeah i didn't mention that part is just, just, just to show you how mad it would be when the bomb actually does drop. There's one part where there's a guy on a bike up a tree on fire. Do you remember that point? He's like, his bike is lodged up in a, in a tree with him still on it. It right. must have just got blown up there. For
0: the rest of the movie, we're pretty much just going to follow Ruth because she's the only one that is left. We're going to be told all sorts of information about how difficult things are going to be, there won't be enough fuel, so they'll only have fuel for agriculture for this one last season. And they'll have to make do with what they can get, and there won't be and much.
2: season's not going to be good because yeah. of nuclear winter and...
0: So they're they're not using tractors as harvesters. They're using, like, 50 people to pull to
2: yeah. try and make that work. I mean, literally bombed back to the Stone Age, pretty much.
0: There's not much as far as food. Medical care is pretty much non-existent. Oh, that, that bit in the hospital was brutal, man. I put something in my notes about it being like mummies walking to their death. I that's mean, what that's I what said. It, it, like. it was
2: like zombies just marching into a hospital. It was like they're all on autopilot, just like... It was the most terrific
0: thing of just the, the stairs... The stairs are
2: washing with blood and just like, oh, man. Or
0: just watching doctors it, hack away pieces of people because that's all they can do.
2: Yeah, they're using... They go back to the old, like... 300 years ago, amputations by saws and things like that. It looked to me like a vision of hell. It was like a Bosch painting of hell in there, man. It was totally, it was horrible.
0: We're also going to see a scene of a tennis club which has been converted into a sort of prison. Mm. We're also going to see people desperate for food and the soldiers gassing them to keep them back to protect what little stores they have. Yeah, I
1: mean, and
2: that's the other thing as well. It's like, if that is true as well, like it seems like a lot of effort would go into policing the nation. It seems like it, yeah. Because you would, you would have it would be fallout. It would be like the game. It would be absolute madness. You would have every man for himself, and you would need some kind of law. And yeah, that's that's really scary. And even when when you get the bit where they shoot the looters and stuff like that, and they're they're shooting people over a, a tin of beans, you know, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's, it is basically, um, like Mad Max, but 1984, you know? They've,
1: yeah,
0: they've done a good job of that. I, I don't think I mentioned this before, but all the dates from now on add in how many days it's been or how many months since the attack. Yeah,
1: it's
2: like attack plus five days. Yeah, attack plus, I think by the end it gets up to plus 13 years. Yeah, and that's what I
0: mean. It just, It starts very tight, and then it gets looser and looser and looser, yeah. Yeah. We're going to get up to about five weeks, and all the supplies are running out. There's a huge exodus from the city, because the cities are just destroyed, and there's hope that there's supplies outside, so this is where we're... Wandering
2: into the countryside.
0: Yeah, this is where we really start following Ruth, as she's taking off, and all the things that she does, so... She gets put into an old man's home with, like, four other people. It's kind of commandeered. You need to take in
2: these homeless people. He kicks them out. He just boots them out as soon as the officers are gone, pretty much. But that's so very much like the American thing where the British were given rule to, like, quarter in people's homes, wasn't it? Like, before the uh, Independence War, like, the British had the power to just, like, walk into anyone's home. And, I I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm not totally down on American history, but... It seems to be a very similar thing where it's like, oh, you have a house? Nice house. We're moving in. And you had to feed them and, you know, things like that. Like, yeah, I can understand. Like, guys, like, I'm not having four strangers in my house. Like, people are murdering each other over packets of crisps. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, so I would kick them out as well if I was that old man. <laughs> I'm on his side. But I'm actually kind
0: of surprised that it, happen, that the four didn't outnumber him. That's and...
2: the other thing, yeah. they I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't, I mean, like, let's make this movie even more depressing. Like, let's have them beat the, this old man to death. Right? I, I don't see why they didn't do it because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, the old man won.
0: Yeah, the old man <laughs> won against these four younger, stronger people. Yeah. This is also the point where Bob, Jimmy's mate from before. Uh, oh, yeah, he
2: meets Ruth, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: and so they start hanging around together. They find a dead sheep like a week later, and debate whether or not it's okay to eat, but they do anyway, and they just eat it raw.
2: Yeah, and they don't even cook it.
1: Like, just, that's pretty gross. Yeah. Desperation.
2: Yep. So from six
0: weeks, we cut to four months after the attack. They, again, info dump us with direct effects of the attack, death between 17 to 38 million, which is a wide variety. Mm Mm-hmm. Some die from the heat, the blast, the fallout. That's kind of the majority. And then everybody else is going to start dying because they're weak, they're cold, they're hungry. One thing that was interesting is how they talk about how cold everything will get because of how...
2: Nuclear winter, yeah.
0: Yeah. And if the sun does come out, the UV rays will be even stronger, so it's going to burn your skin. So it's just this completely unpleasant environment to live in where it's either going to be really cold or when you do finally get sun it burns you
2: right yeah
0: they talk about i think this is narration talk about in spring agriculture is going to be hurt because they just don't have the tools that they had before ruth is hiding in some sort of shelter to give birth It's actually alive,
2: which I was kind of surprised I was worried it was, yeah, I was worried it was going to come out with, like, 15 fingers and things like
1: that.
0: And the way she looked at it, I wasn't sure what she was going to do with the baby. Yeah. And then we see her biting flesh, and I was also worried, what were they trying to say? But she was... Cutting the
2: umbilical cord. Yes. Thank goodness. Okay. Yeah. uh, That's the one thing, actually, that they don't have in this movie is cannibalism. Yes, as far as we know. And I think the only reason that they don't have that is because it would have put their rating... Off of television. Because I think back in the day, like Cannibal Holocaust and things like that, those were all like banned movies, weren't they? I think back in the 80s, anything that involved cannibalism was an instant, like X-rated, you can't show that anywhere. And so I think that's the only reason it's missing from this movie, because this is a supreme candidate uh, for cannibalism. (laughs) It Um, certainly would be.
0: We cut to December 25th, traditionally Christmas. Oh, God, the the, the worst Christmas ever. The baby is crying. Everybody just sits around, a tiny fire, just in shock and staring. Yeah. We're told winter destroys the young and the old. No surprise there. We cut now to March, 10 months after the attack. Ruth is in a group that is trying to steal grain, and she's trying to grind it out with some sort of wooden log or something. And then we cut to May, so one year after the attack. Ruth is making some sort of deal for rats which I guess we could imply she was having to do something bad just to get those rats.
2: I'm guessing they were implying, yeah, prostitution for three rats. This
0: is where we get the info dump about the skies being clear and the sunlight will have a heavier UV rate. And because of that, you have high risks of all cancers. Agriculture is going to be difficult because of bugs, disease, no fuel. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to three to eight years after the attack. Population reaches its minimum, four to 11 million things are at medieval levels. Conjecture, but in many ways, likely possible. Now, 10 years after the attack, and Ruth and her daughter are farming, though the way that they're farming, is, it makes no sense to me. They just look like they're raking some grass. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you've learned more about farming in 10 years than this, but I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's, that's one thing that I think the movie doesn't do well is, and maybe they just wanted to keep it fully depressing, but they don't, seem to show you like exactly what you just said. Like, okay, you've had 10 years. How did we deal with the situation? Like, What measures did we put in place to actually make a living? And how did we manage to claw our way back? They're just implying that we it never It would just do. always be bad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so basically 10 years later, I think this is where Ruth, she looks like she's 97 years old. She's got cataracts. and Her teeth are falling out. Yeah, I mean, she's aged, yeah, she's aged like 50 years and 10 years and basically... Ruth dies. And I yeah. love this part because the kid just looks at her, doesn't have any emotion, and just loots the body and leaves and leaves the book. Because <laughs> yeah. she can't read, obviously.
0: Well, she can't read and also how many
2: birds are left to look at. <laughs> yeah, true. It's a book about bird watching, essentially. Yeah, so yeah just, just no emotion, nothing. Just, okay, bye. The kids are
0: watching <laughs> this show called Words and Pictures which is probably the only tape that they have left yeah. because the old lady has it memorized clearly. And it's all just about skeletons. Ooh, what's that a skeleton? Oh yeah. A That's cat. a cat. Great. Thanks. And then the part where they're taking the fabric apart, you said before, right? The language that the kids are speaking is, is not quite English. It's, it's almost devolved. like they created their own language for some things. Cut to 13 years after some boys try and steal a rabbit from this daughter, and then they seem to be hanging out, like they're scavenging together and running away, and then one gets shot. The remaining boy and this daughter, they fight over some bread, apparently which leads to something else, Yeah, because we're going to see her pregnant and walking through an even more desolate area with feet hanging, obviously The whole body is hanging. Oh, yeah. There's three or four people hung. Yeah. At this point, or hanged. hanged. She's She's desperately trying to get to what counts for a
2: hospital, even though it's beds with no mattresses, just one, even though it's
0: closed so that she can give birth. But when she does last second of the movie, here's your stillborn baby in a bloody cloth. Yeah. Freeze frame on her, like, like
2: taking the breath, taking the breath to scream like. Yeah. End of movie. End of movie. by Barry Hines. Thank you. Bye, Barry Hines. Yeah. And no music, just absolute silence. <gasps> it's. Uh,
0: I mean, this has bumped up to very quickly to be one of my top most depressing films of all time. This would probably be number three, and mostly just number three because I didn't really feel connected to any of the characters in any way.
2: You got top five depressing top 10 depressing well players? i have a top
0: 3 I what's your,
2: well, well just before we go on you got to tell me what what's one and two Johnny got his gun haven't seen it and grave of the fireflies oh like oh, yeah i can definitely understand that
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so those would definitely be my top 2 this one would be now number 3 i can't think of what would be number 4 after watching this i don't wonder <laughs> if <was> number 4 <laughs> no more it has definitely informed me which i think is what the movie intended to do it definitely made me feel a bit of shock i didn't realize to this level and it this whole movie has just given me horrible memories of the time my friend took me to the peace museum in nagasaki okay devoted to what happened when exactly they this had the bomb dropped on them and yeah i walked out of there just completely stunned and in shock and many of the images they used in this film related very much to some of the things that I saw in pictures and video that they have at that museum. Just absolutely horrific. I think the only thing I didn't really see in the film that I, that I saw in the museum would be the images that were left on walls. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Because wherever people were, a kind of shadow was left behind. Yeah. And that's. Just one more level that the movie didn't do that it could have, but it doesn't need to. It absolutely hits you with information. It hits you with people, what they would be going through, and
2: it's not happy. No, no, definitely not. And that's the thing. It's like, I think what the movie was trying to do was, like what I said in the beginning was, make everyone realize this is not a path we want to go down, and you should be out there. I think what they were trying to do is you should be out there protesting, like, to ban the bomb, nuclear disarmament, all these things. It was trying to motivate people into, like, scare people into, like, getting out of this mind frame where it's like, oh, it's just, you know, MAD, you know, Mutually Assured Destruction kind of things. like, this is what's going to happen. And, it's, and that's the thing about what happened in Japan is so horrific is it takes a special mind to be like, okay, we're going to do this. Like, holy, whatever, I can't say that because I have to bleep it out. But, like, I'll just say, anyway, holy, like, you're not dropping a bomb on soldiers. You're not in the middle of a war. You're dropping bombs on, like, women, children, grandmothers, grandfathers. You know, it's not, this isn't the actual field of war. Like, that's horrific. Absolutely horrific. And yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, I don't know. I think it's a good episode for us to talk about this. <laughs> because, like I said, not a lot of people know about this, and it is a very traumatic and it's a decent film that I think. A lot of people will not have seen because maybe they're, they were too young and a lot of people won't have seen because it's maybe too niche. It was only in the UK and it's not available anywhere. You'll have to try and find this somehow on the internet. If you want to see it, it may well be on YouTube. I'll have a look for it and see if I can get a link for it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a definite gap to fill to fill your top three most depressing movies ever. How do you feel about that? There you go. Are you glad I recommended it to you though? I don't Just know. Just shaking his head I
0: don't at me. Know. <laughs> It was well made, and I guess overall I'm glad I
1: saw it, but this is going to haunt me for days at least. Gaps filled or more gaps created.